Hi everyone, welcome to episode 2 of Wisdom Hatch. On today's episode, we are going to understand the space of metaverses. In case you are completely new to the space, please don't worry. I will break down this topic for you in a very easy to understand language. So please stay tuned on this podcast. Very quick shout out to our sponsors for today, which is Vault, which is a cryptocurrency buying and trading platform. You can go check out the platform. It's a wonderful platform. You can buy a range of cryptocurrencies from it. You can do fixed deposits. That's the best feature of Vault. So, on today's episode, we are going to cover essentially four specific points. I will help you understand the basics of metaverse. That's the first key thing that we are going to uncover. Second, we will try to understand why are metaverse is such a big deal. Why is it that everyone is speaking about metaverse is that this is literally the next big thing. So we will understand that hey, is this like a FOMO that is going on in the market or is there something much more sustainable at play here? Third, I will speak a little bit about the technical points. Please don't drop off. Please don't worry about the technical points, but it's important for us to understand how metaverse will get shaped in the future. Will it be through VR? Will it be through artificial intelligence? Will it be through mobile? So we will have a very quick discussion around that. And fourth, and the most juicy part would be that hey, how you can make money from metaverses by understanding these key concepts so let's get the episode started and let us first and foremost try to establish the definition of metaverse and try to visualize what a metaverse would look like so in simple terms metaverse is simply creating a new planet new planets are being built these are being built by private organizations these are being built by new age entrepreneurs new age startups are building different sort of metaverses To cut the long story short, a simple way of visualizing this is that right now we are living on planet Earth, and subsequently there is a metaverse that is at play, which is a virtual planet, so to say. Now these planets can be of different different types. For example, there can be a gaming metaverse, there can be a social metaverse, there can be an office metaverse, and bunch of other different metaverses can be built. Let's understand this through an example of real companies that are working on these projects. So let's first and foremost talk about Meta which is Facebook. So Metaverse or Meta or Facebook is trying to build a social metaverse. Their goal is fairly simple that they would want to put people on this new planet and would want to foster more social engagements and interactions. So that is the primary goal of Facebook that it is trying to build a social networking metaverse because Facebook in the past has been a social networking website now it is moving to a new age technology in social networking which is a metaverse based underplay. Now to help you further consolidate this point let us pick the example of Microsoft. So Microsoft is trying to build like an office metaverse. So right now what happens if you are working from home one of the key problems that you would be facing would be that hey I am not able to have like a one on one face time or I am not able to have that feeling of connectivity when I go to an office. So Microsoft by using the concept of metaverse it's trying to bridge that problem. Instead of having normal Zoom calls, you will jump into a office metaverse where your avatar will be in office and you will be interacting with other avatars of your colleagues. So that gives a feeling of proximity and that is the utility of an office metaverse. Microsoft is trying to bridge that problem. Finally, we have the most exciting space which is gaming metaverses. Now there are companies like Axie Infinity, Sandbox, Decentraland. These are specific gaming metaverses that are pumping up the entire economy so to say. There are segments of people in Philippines that are thriving on playing games literally on Axie Infinity 
and making money from it. So by leveraging these metaverses, people are making money. Real world problems are being solved. So one question that I frequently get is that Akshat, this metaverse is like a fad, right? And it will just go away in a few years or months. It is just like a booming concept. This, that for now. And it's a bubble. It will just pop up at some point in time. Is that really true? One simple way of identifying it is that look at the problems that are there in the world and is Metaverse actually solving some viable problems that needs to be solved? So my answer is yes, and I will break that equation for you subsequently on the podcast. But very quick input here is that just imagine yourself working from home. Do you feel lonely, right? In the sense that, okay, great, I'm working from home. First two, three months, you're excited that I'm getting a lot of free time, but you miss that connectivity. So you will get that feeling of connectivity, at least some bit of it, not like really real human connection, but at least this problem will be bridged a bit by the office metaverse problem that Microsoft is trying to solve. So that is the utility. And of course, there are multi-functional layers of utilities here. So if we go to gaming metaverse, it will have a different set of utilities, so on and so forth. So that is the concept and I hope that gives you a sense that what a metaverse is. Now let's start speaking about part two, that why is metaverse such a big deal? So there are three specific reasons that I could think of. The first key reason why metaverse is such a big deal is that because it is a natural progression on evolution of things. What do I mean by that? So let's understand this from an example. So in 1920s, there was like auto evolution, right? That we moved away from horse carts to automobiles. In 1960s, we progressed towards using ATM tellers or ATM machines where we did not have to interact with a human being to withdraw our cash from banks. We could just literally go to an ATM machine and start withdrawing money. So that was the teller innovation that happened in the 1960s. Then in 1990s, what happened? That internet came in, everything started becoming really fast, global. Things were moving around at a rapid pace. And internet powered that equation that led to the creation of a bunch of fintech companies. So you had companies like PayPal, which got established during this time, became really big a big, big behemoth. Same goes for Visa, MasterCard and bunch of other different organizations. So post 90s, 2000, there was a fintech revolution. 2020s belongs to cryptos, NFTs, Bitcoin and these type of specific assets or futuristic assets that are coming up. Now, of course, people can have a different set of arguments that there are certain shortcomings when it comes to cryptos. Bitcoins would have certain issues. Dogecoin has certain issues and bunch of other different crypto projects would have issues that they are volatile and whatnot. Agree. I'm not saying otherwise, but it seems like a natural progression that we are moving towards in the space of technology and metaverse allows to explore that technology to a very big extent. So this is the first key point that hey, it's just simply part of evolving. Uh, another key example that I can give you here is video games, right? So for example, I'm sure that when as kids, when you used to play those Mario cassette oriented video games, it was good. You used to have fun playing all that stuff. So from a technology point of view, it was quite dated, right? And then subsequently better video games came into the picture. You started playing Aladdin on your computers and then subsequently you ended up using like VR headsets and whatnot to play video games. So that was a natural progression. And now another key phase in this evolution is metaverses. That is how I see it. So the first key point is that, hey, 
Why metaverse is big is because it's a part of this technology narrative that is going on and it looks like a natural evolution of things. Now, the second reason why I feel that metaverses are going big is fairly simple that there are certain trends at play. For example, the work from home culture is picking up. Internet connectivity has increased and improved with time. There are other range of things that are evolving. For example, people are focusing more on work-life balance. They want to spend more time with the family. So even if we look at it from a professional viewpoint, let's keep apart the gaming viewpoint separately. But if we look from it from a professional viewpoint, people want to stay home, right? There are reasons to stay home. There is more globalization at play. For example, Right now, if you are working at any multinational organization, you would have more meetings or a lot of meetings with your colleagues who are outside India now, right? But this was not the situation 20, 30 years ago that if you are working in India, then most likely you are going to interact with people from India only. So from that perspective, these global changes, macro changes, internet oriented, internet penetration related changes are happening. So it's given that due to these increasing change and one of the key changes that has happened here is the acceptability of work from home narrative. So from that perspective, I feel that a company like Microsoft can come in and build a massive business in the metaverse space. And third and final trend which people are not picking up as of now is this. This is probably the first time in which digital, physical and monetary aspect of things are getting integrated. So let me try to explain this point by giving you a very specific example here. So let's pick it up from the gaming viewpoint. So for example, if you play any major game right now, uh, be it God of War or be it Call of Duty, etc. What happens, right? I mean, you go, there is a digital world that you're interacting with. That's the digital part. There is a physical world, right? So you are the physical representation of that character in Call of Duty or in God of War that you have an avatar which plays game on your behalf on God of War. You buy a sword on God of War and then what happens, right? You are just spending your real cash. You are spending your thousand rupees to buy that sword and you are just using that sword in that game and it gets exhausted. You can't bring that sword back and get money for it. You can't sell it. So all those different problems are there. And even if you're selling it to someone, you know, that's a private transaction. There is no system built around it as of now. But with metaverses at play, there is something called as NFT economy that is picking up. Let me break down that point by giving you a very specific example of Decentraland. So Decentraland is a gaming metaverse. And what happens there is that you get to buy pieces of land on that new planet called as Decentraland that is getting built. So Decentraland is essentially a game, so to say, right? It's a metaverse. You can come create a bunch of games on that metaverse. It's a universe. It's a new planet, all that stuff. So you go buy that piece of land and now you can create a bunch of different assets on that land. And there are real companies that are buying and selling that land. That land represents a non-fungible token, NFT. So I'll probably do another podcast on this entire NFT economy subsequently. But to cut the long story short now is that this entire NFT economy has provided a system to buy and sell these digital assets on the internet itself. So what you can simply do is that you go buy a land on Decentraland that becomes a digital asset or an NFT for you on Decentraland. You pick that up and then you sell it on a platform called as OpenSea. So OpenSea is basically an auction platform, so to say, where you go and you can sell it. It's like an eBay or it's like an Amazon where the selling and buying of NFT is happening. So from that perspective, this entire NFT economy is picking up and it is becoming big. I'm not saying that all NFTs are great. 
almost 95% of them are not but the good ones they have massive value from that perspective so i hope that you would look up this entire metaverse narrative in a more thoughtful manner now that rather than dismissing it as just as a trend there are some real values to be unlocked here three specific things that it is a part of a natural evolution natural progression towards technology number 2 there are certain trends at play for example work from home more internet penetration gaming metaverses so these are being powered up by the metaverse space currently third and finally the physical digital and the currency world is getting interacted through the nft economy let me state one more final point on this section so that this concept gets clearer so you must have heard that blockchain has existed for so many different years right i mean it has been before cryptocurrencies now why is it that the blockchain space did not blow up and it only blew up once bitcoin established its hegemony it is the other way around it is rather sad in a way that we know about blockchain or most of the general audiences know about blockchain because of bitcoin not the other way around this is a fact because bitcoin created an incentive structure there was a concept around proof of work which simply means that in order to validate blockchain transactions on bitcoin you can do it people will only verify blockchain transactions on bitcoin because they are getting incentivized in bitcoin right every time they verify a transaction they get some bitcoin in return so that is the power of money and bringing money onto the blockchain network so essentially blockchain was monetized by using the digital money called as bitcoin and ethereum and other bunch of cryptocurrencies that is the reason why there is so much traction that has happened for cryptocurrencies and blockchain in the last couple of years itself how does this relate to metaverse nfts become like a money equation for metaverses and therefore the metaverse narrative is picking up so this brings us to the third section of this podcast where we will talk a little bit about technical details around metaverses so it's very important for us to understand the type of metaverses or broad segmentation of metaverses that are out there so in my opinion there are two different types of metaverses that are there so one would be built by organizations like facebook and microsoft these are more palpable metaverses because when you see satya nadella or mark zuckerberg speaking about the type of work that they are doing it gives us more confidence because microsoft and meta are big companies there is certain inherent trust in it it's it's oxymoronic because these uh, companies have been embroiled in so much data privacy etc issues separate talk all together but to cut the long story short this feels more palpable to people so this is the first type of metaverse that is out there the second type of metaverses that are out there are crypto oriented metaverses these would be things like axie infinity sandbox decentraland in india we have something called as totality corp or zionverse in which i am an investor and we recently launched a nft called as lakshmi nft it got sold out literally in a week so these are crypto oriented metaverses that is the broad classification now metaverses can also be classified in terms of the autonomy that someone would have this is a highly complex topic so i will just keep it at a surface level for now so essentially what happens is that for example if microsoft and facebook are building their own set of metaverses this is being driven by the ceo of the company right and they will take all the calls that hey who gets to participate and be a part of this new planet called as meta on facebook not everyone can be a part of that even if everyone can be a part of that you will have to agree to certain rules it's no different from you opening your facebook account when you agree to open your facebook account you are also inherently agreeing that you know what mark you can go take my data and do whatever with it right so that is the problem with centralization of data and traditional big tech companies have become really big 
because of the fact that they are able to source this data from you, leverage it and package it, sell it upwards to the advertisers and make a lot of money in return and keep repeating that cycle. This entire new palpable metaverses that are being built by Microsoft and Facebook, they can quote it differently, but at the end of the day, it will still remain a very centralized system. On the flip side, we can have a more decentralized system in the crypto space. Let's pick the example of Decentraland. So Decentraland is a metaverse. It's a gaming metaverse built on the blockchain technology. It's a fabulous metaverse in the sense that there is something called as DAO, right? Decentralized Autonomous Organizations. What they allow you to do is that if you own tokens called as MANA, which is Decentraland tokens, you get to vote on how structures would change on this network. And it's not centralized or it is rather less centralized compared to something like Facebook or Microsoft. Keeping the technical details aside, what I'm simply getting at is that when it comes to Facebook, Microsoft, highly centralized systems, when it comes to something like decentralized or crypto-based metaverses, the chances are that these would be very less centralized. They will be extremely, extremely decentralized and that is powerful, right? So I'm not saying that which area you should go and invest in because both of these are solving different set of problems altogether. And going forward, maybe their paths will converge and then the battle of which of these metaverses, the palpable metaverses or these crypto based metaverses, which one is better. So we'll have to make a call there. But to cut the long story short, each of these metaverses are solving different range of problems. Now comes the third final point on this technical aspect of metaverses is around accessibility. So let me try to explain that via using the example of Oculus that Facebook has. Now in order to access Facebook's metaverse, which is a new planet, you need a device, right? You need to get transported to that planet. So how do you do that? So you must have seen people wearing those big flashy eyeglasses type of a thing, those snorkeling type of glasses. So yeah, just Google what Oculus is. So you will see those big snorkeling type of eyeglasses that people wear and those are called as oculus and you need that to participate on facebook metaverse now facebook microsoft are doing something called as vr virtual reality and there are other metaverses and companies that are trying to create ar based metaverses artificial reality right so there is a difference between the two probably a separate podcast on that and subsequently you have mobile based or internet based metaverses where you don't need all these fancy gadgets and instrument, you can access this metaverse just by using your mobile or laptop. Right now, transition will happen from mobile slash laptop more towards specialized devices. These can be specialized hardwares that can get created. So don't get confused because this is a narrative that people are telling right now that, hey, in order to access a metaverse, you absolutely do need to have Oculus or HoloLens. No, that is not completely correct. That understanding is misrepresented. Yes, with time, as the metaverse narrative picks up, there will be specialized companies that might create gadgets where using those, you will be able to access all sorts of metaverses, whatnot. So I hope these technical definitions and technical specifications around metaverses are cleared. Now, before we walk into the final section, just a very quick word around the technical details around Vault. So I love using Vault's platform. It allows you to do fixed deposits on your cryptos. So many a times we buy things like Bitcoin and Ethereum and we just put it on our cold wallets and it does not earn us any return. So in case you're a normal retail investor and you don't know how to set up a staking node, then using platforms like Vault, you can easily make up to 12.68% on coins like USDT, which is a stable coin. 
So do check out Vault. It's a wonderful platform. I myself use it for buying and selling cryptocurrencies. Now let's move on to the final section as to how you and I, as normal retail investors, we can make money in metaverses. So there are essentially five methods in which you can make money in metaverses. First and foremost, you go and buy NFT tokens or you invest in metaverse projects. For example, if you go on coin market cap and look at a bunch of different coins, for example, Mana coin or Axie coin. So all these different coins you can purchase as a part of cryptocurrency narrative and hold it. And as the project goes in value, your metaverse coin also goes in value. So you're indirectly investing in those metaverses. This method is called as buying native tokens or investing in certain projects. The second key method to make money in metaverses is to buy NFTs associated with these projects. For example, when you buy a land on decentral land, that becomes like a tradable asset. You can go and sell it on something like OpenSeas. So that is super easy for you to do it. It's not super complicated. It might sound a little bit technically oriented. Yes, you will need to pick up those basic, basic things, but it's easy to do. It's not super complex to do. I'll probably make a video on my YouTube around this concept. The third way in which you can invest in metaverses is by buying stocks. So which stocks and ETFs you can buy? There is an ETF called as Defiance Digital Revolution ETF. You can buy it and hold it and sell it like a stock. So you automatically get invested in the NFT and metaverse economy. Fourth and the most lucrative method of making money in metaverses is to identify early projects and invest in them in the private stage or in the ICO stage, right? Initial coin offering stage. So ICO is very similar to IPO. Now, while I'm not a big investor in IPO economy, because this has been over leveraged by a lot of retail investors and overused by a lot of retail investors, and the space is maxed out. But when it comes to ICOs, initial coin offering, this is a new and upcoming stage, and people make insane amount of money. I myself have invested like in a ton of coins, most of them go to dust, but the one coin that gives you good returns, it compensates for all the losses. And in fact, it helps you make net positive profits on this entire equation. So ICOs are super lucrative. I'll come up with a video or a podcast on this topic. But to cut the long story short, ICO simply means that you identify promising projects right at the inception stage and you invest your money in it. Now comes the final space that you build NFT organized businesses. For example, Microsoft is building one, Facebook is building one. I have invested in a company which is building one called as Totality Corp, which is building Zionverse, which is an Indian metaverse. And they are launching a bunch of NFTs, gaming systems around it. Using those NFTs, you can participate in games, get rewards. This is a fabulous mechanism. And in order to buy their NFTs, you need to again open up your account on Vault. That is the partnership that we have currently. Similarly, you could look to start your own metaverse related company. It's not easy. You would need a lot of technical understanding around it. This is probably the most complex step. The most complex step being starting your own metaverse related organization. And the simplest step being going and buying an ETF or buying something of a digital asset or representation of it in the form of an NFT of a certain project or its coin. Some good coins that I would ask you to take a look at. This is not an investment advice. So you can definitely take a look at Decentraland, which is the MANA token. You can definitely go check it out. That will help you improve your understanding of metaverses. Super, 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 super important and super interesting coin. Learn more about it. Please read the white paper of these different metaverses. Try to understand what makes a good metaverse good and a bad metaverse bad. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. I will quickly summarize some of the key points. First and foremost, Metaverse, according to me, is not a phase. It's here to stay. There are very good trends that are coming up in this entire ecosystem, which is powering up 
the next narrative of tech big companies are participating in it for a specific reason because this is where they see the technology shipping up and you should learn more about this technology and third and finally as an investor the best way to learn about any space is to invest i am not saying that go and invest everything that you have but start taking little little positions in all these different industries and spaces which are upcoming because that will make you track this space more closely and improve your understanding and subsequently once you understand the space more you can always take bigger and larger positions i hope you enjoyed the video do give me a feedback on linkedin i am quite active there or you can follow me on twitter also or you can comment on my youtube videos i would love to engage with you thank you so much and i will see you on the next episode